Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. This is Women to Watch. I don't think you can truly change for the better in a lasting, meaningful way unless it is driven by self-acceptance. Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Be inspired by women from across the globe. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams. What I know to be true is that women were always meant to lead. And by shining a light on those doing it well today, my hope is that more women will find their own voice. Now, here's the owner, founder, and host of Women to Watch, Sue Rocco. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch. I'm Sue Rocco. It's always great to be here with all of you. Before I welcome my guests this evening, I want to remind you all to stay with us during the breaks to hear the latest news and information from our wonderful watch team of on-air contributors. And as we continue to expand into new markets, we are always looking for additional corporate partners. So if you're interested in being a part of the show, feel free to email taylor at womentowatch.net and that's women the number two watch.net net and don't forget to download the podcast each week so you never miss a show and sign up for our newsletter where you can learn all things women to watch and see who's in our lineup so now I'm very excited and honored to welcome to the show Dana Bookman Dana is the founder and CEO of Canadian Girls Baseball Dana welcome to the show thank you so much it's great to have you. I, um, I I think there's a lot going on in the world and in the news around women in sports and girls in sports. So I'm excited to talk with you about it um, and also really share with our listeners how you came to, to, to launch this, because I think you went from one career to another, and that takes a lot of guts. Um, so I wonder if you could just tell our listeners a little bit about the community you grew up in and a little bit about your upbringing. Um, I mean, I grew up really lucky. I grew up in the same neighborhood that I live in now. Um, I had, uh, oh my gosh, I had an amazing stepfather. I'm crying in the first two seconds. Oh, oh no, (laughs) oh no. Who, um, who just passed away recently. Oh, Um, 
I'm so but, sorry. You no, know, I, he and my mother loved each other very much and he gave us every opportunity to do anything we wanted to do, my brother and I. And um, I, you know, he took me traveling and introduced me to amazing adventures and sports and, you know, really just shaped my world. Mm. So that was my upbringing. And, you know, I'm trying to bring up my kids now in a similar way. You know, I, I know that about you and your dad. You know, you shared that with me. And I love how you describe your relationship with him. And, I, you know, I wanted to know, you know, other than the adventures and the places you explored with him, was there something that he said to you? Was there a, a message that he instilled in you that really opened your mind to possibilities and, and adventures and exploring? You know, he wasn't much of a talker and he wasn't much of an emotional person, but I think that just his absolute love for me and for my brother really shone through in the way that he, you know, he, his first answer to everything was always no. I would say, <laughs> I want to do this. And he would say, nope. <laughs> um, so what he did do, though, was encourage me and force me to, if I wanted to do something, create a presentation. Um, so even if I wanted a raise in my allowance, I had to create graphs and charts and present to him standing in my living room with my Bristol board and my, you know, my little pointer. Um, and even when I was 19 and I wanted to travel to Africa during and pay for it myself after my first year of university. And he said, that's never happening. Um, but I made a presentation <laughs> and eventually, you know, so I think that it just encouraged me to think of, of it as a, as every adventure is something I really had to put my whole heart and soul into and to really go for things and to understand what I was asking for. And so, you know, and I, I have done that with my kids too. My daughter wanted her ears pierced and I said, no way. Um, and, and then I said, okay, well, you know, tell me why. And, and she did it. And she was, I think she, it was her 10th birthday and it was pretty impressive. So just to be able to think in that way, um, and I think that's what he gave me more than any specific words or phrases. Um, mm. Do you think that came from a protective side of him? The, you know, the initial no, I think sometimes from a parent is that wanting to protect and, and keep oh, you safe. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. I mean, he, you know, he, he, I think he had both sides to him. He loved his adventures and doing things that were outside of the box. He's the one who took me scuba diving for the first time and created my love for that. Um, but if I wanted to do something without him, it was an automatic, nope, you can't go anywhere without me. <laughs> so no, he was very loving. Yeah, tell me about your mom and, and what kind of influence she has had on your career. My mom um, is a big worrier. So, you know, my dad <laughs> was the no guy, but he would do it anyway. And then my mom would just worry about it the whole time. Um, but she, you know, she started a career very late in her life and that was inspirational also. Um, she was in philanthropy for a really long time as a volunteer and she did such a great job that at a certain point they asked, um, the organization she was volunteer volunteering at offered her a job. And so she took it and she became vice president of philanthropic giving at a large you know, national organization and 
she was really admired and loved by her community. And I mean, still is, she's still around, thankfully. Um, but until she, she decided to retire and it was interesting to see her really embrace a career later after having been a stay at home mom and dabbling in, you know, some different kinds of jobs, but mostly volunteering. Yeah. Um, that was a great, a great inspiration too. Yeah. Did, um, did you play sports? When you were young? I did a lot of individual sports. So I, you know, I did dancing and tennis and horseback riding and those kinds of things, like things that we typically see girls in. Yeah. And not only that's not team sports, right? That's interesting. That's kind more individual. Were you more comfortable doing that? You know, funnily enough, now that I know a lot about the sport world, I think that's where we push our daughters into more readily. Um, and I wasn't really given the opportunity outside of school to go into team sports. It wasn't something that my friends did. I mean, some of the sports that are bigger now for girls like soccer weren't even really on the table when I was growing up. So it was, you know, do you want to dance or do you want to play, take tennis lessons? Right. You know, I read a, a interesting statistic 94% of female CEOs played a sport um that's a really big percent why do you think that is what is the connection I mean I think it's even higher for those women who played a team sport and the connection is the confidence that it brings you and the I mean in team sports specifically you learn skills soft skills for life teamwork you know uh encouraging others, empathy, listening to um, people in areas of authority who give you constructive criticism, um, learning how to talk to adults like referees. So there's so many areas that really impact, you know, how women interact with the rest of the world and it increases their, you know, their confidence. So therefore their marks in school are better. They learn how to focus more. They're more disciplined. They get into better universities and then they get better jobs. And it's something I always say, like boys are born with a ball in their hand and get those skills handed to them oftentimes, not all the time, but girls don't even enter the arena a lot of the time. So it's something we really have to work to change. Um, We're going to go into our first break. I want to talk a little bit more about that when we come back in our next segment. Stay with us and I'll be back with Dana Bookman, again, the founder and CEO of Canadian Girls Baseball. We'll be right back. Now, the women to watch, Health Watch. For Health Watch, I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Diabetes can cause major problems in your feet. This morning on Your Radio Doctor, our guest was Dr. Elena Wellens, podiatrist at Rothman Orthopedics, who explained these issues in great detail. Listen to the show on yourradiodoctor.com. Inflammation inside your arteries can lead to a decrease in circulation. Less blood flow can result in poor healing, ulcerations, and sometimes amputation. The other major problem is nerve damage, which can lead to decrease in sensation and perception of pressure. It can also cause decreased sweating with dry skin that becomes scaly and cracks, making it easier to develop infection. Decreased blood flow and numbness in your feet and legs increases the risk for foot and leg ulcers. With ill-fitting shoes, you might not feel a blister, a sore spot, which can then progress to infection before you notice. And if an ulcer develops, it can penetrate into deeper tissues and take longer to heal because of the poor circulation. And if infection goes to bone, it can lead to the dreaded amputation. 
Another result of nerve damage, hammer toes. Nerves that supply the muscles of your feet are affected, which leads to misshapen joints and claw toes. Then add pressure from your shoes and it opens the door for you guessed it, infection. Changes in blood flow could also decrease mineralization of the bone, making fractures or broken bones more likely. See your podiatrist once a year who will check your nails for fungus or ingrown toenails, trauma from your shoes, look between your toes and under pressure points, check for athlete's foot, often painless, easy to miss, feel your pulses and check for loss of sensation. Tips? Never go barefoot, even at home, especially on hot sand or decks. Trim your toenails. Use a nail file for sharp edges. Do not cut cuticles, even with a manicurist. Shoes should be snug, not tight. Have a wide toe box. Socks should fit and be changed daily. Do your best to keep your sugars controlled and never smoke cigarettes, which adds to damaged circulation. Trick or treat, smell my feet. Give me something good to eat. Happy Halloween. This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Thanks so much for being with me this evening. I'm talking to Dana Bookman, and Dana is the founder and CEO of Canadian Girls Baseball. Um, another story, Dana, that you had shared with me um, had to do with your grandmom and her taking an initiative. This is prior to, you know, your um, your life in girls baseball to introduce you to a TV reporter um, for your interest in journalism. I first, first of all, how did she know this person and, and how did that come about? So my grandmother was a super dynamic mover and shaker. Um, she, you know, anybody who met her loved her and I won't say how old she was, but into her late, late, you know, almost a hundred years, she was wearing heels and doing like full makeup, like, um, so she kind of was one of those people who knew everybody and she had a place in Florida and this, I mean, she introduced me when I was a tiny little person and I used to love, I was a big reader from the time I could, you know, read anything. Um, and she, my grandmother, we would visit her in Florida for several weeks at a time, my brother and I, and she would go out for dinners and leave us with a babysitter while she was meeting this woman for dinner one night when I was about seven and the woman came over for a drink before dinner. And it turned out that she was a reporter at a local TV station. And I remember her, her big puffy eighties hair and her, you know, <laughs> blue kind of shiny dress that she was wearing. And I remember it so clearly. Um, and she took me out onto the patio and she said, you know, tell me one of the stories. And I had a little blue rainbow notebook. Um, and I read her a story that I had written Wow, and, and she said that's I, I was seven years old at the time, and she said that's an amazing story. You should be a journalist. And wow, I I had never, you know, obviously had never even heard of a journalist, but I guess it stuck with me because years later, when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to be, it was always in the back of my head that that was the job for me, and wow. so that's what happened. Are you, so your love of writing, you know, and storytelling, are you able to incorporate that into any of the work that you're doing today with the girls? Um, I think less my love of writing, but, you know, through my journalism career, I became a producer. And I do like to say that once you're a producer, really, you can produce anything. So you can make anything happen, whether it's television or a national baseball organization for girls, 
I think everything is kind of a production. Um, so it gave me the confidence to do what I'm doing and the confidence to not take no for an answer. Um, and in terms of my writing, I think it's, you know, I can translate that into knowing what a story is and knowing how to promote what we're doing because I know what might catch somebody's eye somewhere. Um, but, but it's more the production side that's carried over. And, and I would, you know, producers also are just um, bombarded with problems, right? Spanning a lot of different areas of a project. So I think, you know, would you say that that's a gift you have as well, the ability to um, just really be a problem solver? A hundred percent. I mean, it's, it's being able to take information and interpret it and use it, you know, how you can solve every problem that comes your way in a really timely manner. It's working quickly and efficiently and, you know, skipping over the stuff that doesn't matter and focusing mm -hmm. on the things that do matter. And I think you knowing how to do that at a quick pace, it, it all comes together in any aspect, in any job. So once you've been a producer, really, I think you could just do anything. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I want to kind of get to, you know, the brainstorm, the, the moment that you decided to start this. It was 2016 and your daughter was six and wanted to play baseball. Um, and she was the only one out of 400 players. My first question is, was there any pushback from, I guess, boys and men in the community around why does this young lady want to play baseball? Um, and and then how did you take that conversation with her to the next level and make that decision to start a league for girls? So I enrolled her in a league for baseball. It didn't even occur to me that there would be any issue. It was just the natural progression of her love of the game her brother played, who's a year older. And so we just enrolled her. There was no pushback from anybody. Everybody was very happy to have her there. But I do remember the administrator of the league called me and said, just so you know, she's the only girl that's going to be playing in her age group. So I remember putting the woman on hold who called me and I said to my daughter, you'll be the only girl. Is that, you know, do you still want to do it? And my daughter said, yes, I do. So I told the woman on the phone and the woman said, tell your daughter, she's my hero. Oh. And in that moment, I was so proud. I was like, oh, you're such a, you know, I can't believe you're doing it. You're somebody's hero. Oh. Um, and it didn't occur to me until later that, you know, why, why should my daughter be brave to play a sport she loves? Um, but she had a great, she had a good time. She had, she played with boys from her class and boys from her community. She knew people. She, you know, nobody was mean to her. Everybody was nice. They threw the ball to her. But at the end of the season, she said, I don't want to do this anymore. And I said, that's, you know, she said, I'll just do something else. And I said, no, like that's, that's not an option. You love baseball. You're great at baseball. It's, I mean, it really was her sport of choice. So when I dug a little deeper, I realized it was because it wasn't fun. It wasn't social for her because boys and girls do play differently. There were no girls who were her friends who were playing with her. And it just wasn't what she wanted her outside of school activities to be. So I had talked to another couple of mothers in the area who said their daughter, you know, wanted to play, but there was nowhere to play. I looked around for a league for them to play in that just didn't exist. Um, and I couldn't believe it 
So I said, okay, so we're just going to do this. Like there's my producer side. We're just going to do this. We're just going to get five friends and we're going to go to the park and we're going to play baseball. So I put the word out. I put it on my Facebook page, five friends. I was cheering. I said, maybe we can get 10 so we can have two little teams of girls playing. Um, and 44 girls showed up. Wow. And I, I thought I had invented baseball. Like I, I got permits <laughs> and uniforms and coaches and I was like over the moon. Wow. Um, yeah, that that's amazing. Um, we're going to go into another break when we come back. I'm, first of all, I wanted to find out what were you doing at the time work wise? You know, it's not like you had all the time in the world to start this. Um, and we'll learn a little bit more about how it's taken off. Stay with us for our watch team. And I'll be back with Dana Bookman, again, the founder and CEO of Canadian Girls Baseball. Now the women to watch military watch. Hi. I'm Carol Eggert, Senior Vice President of Military Affairs at Comcast, NBC Universal. Tomorrow, our country begins its recognition of National Veterans and Military Families Month. Each November since 1996, the President has signed a proclamation honoring the service of veterans, active duty, National Guard, and Reserve service members, and of course, our military families. This year holds an added significance for the post 9-11 generation of service members and their families because over the past 20 years, more than 75% of service members have been deployed overseas with nearly 30% of them deploying three or more times. At Comcast NBC Universal, this November, we're honoring veterans of all eras who have served. And at this conclusion of 20 years of conflict, we want to especially recognize the courage and sacrifice of our post 9-11 veterans and their families. We're celebrating our military connected teammates by providing professional development and social events, special guest speakers, and opportunities to give back to the military community. We're also inviting our Xfinity customers to learn more Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
more about our military this month by visiting our curated collection of military-focused documentaries, TV programs, and news specials. This is available on Xfinity X1, Flex, and Stream. And this collection offers viewers authentic stories of the courage, heroism, and sacrifice of our U.S. service members and their families. Xfinity customers can simply say military appreciation into their Xfinity voice remote on X1 and Flex to access the content. As we enter November, I encourage you to think of our nation's military and the freedoms we all enjoy in part because of their service. We owe veterans and military families our deepest respect and gratitude. And this month is the perfect time to reach out and simply say thank you. Hi, Sue Rocco here, host of Women to Watch. Are you a fan of the show? If so, be sure to sign up for our podcast at womentowatch.net so you never miss a show and can listen on your own time. That's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T. You're listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Welcome back to the show. I'm joined by Dana Bookman, and we're talking about girls and baseball and and how we can um, really help girls build their confidence and self-esteem. I want to repeat something, Dana, that you said in, in the previous segment. It was a question. Why should a girl need to be brave to play a sport she loves? And I think, you know, when I first heard you say that, I thought that really carries over to all aspects of life. Um, why should anyone be brave to do something that perhaps the other gender does if, if it's their passion? Um, talk about that a little bit and how, you know, what you've learned um, from the work that you're doing and, and why it matters. I think it's interesting on a couple of different levels. I mean, when my daughter was told she was so brave to play sports with boys, I thought, amazing, she's so brave. But then I realized that, you know, she really does have to be brave. She has to get over it and steal herself to go play this sport that she really loves. And I mean, to me, and we know that, that leads to girls dropping out of sports all over the place. And if we want to create a, a space for girls to play. It looks different than a space for boys. They're looking for different things. They respond to different things and they want to play with people who are like them. They want to be around people who socially they interact with. Sports are supposed to be fun. You shouldn't have to be brave at six years old or at 60 years old, you know, to jump into something. You should feel good, especially in recreational sports. We're not trying to prove anything to anybody. And sports are for everybody. I think it's just, it's interesting to me how many girls don't play a sport. And we have these barriers that I think most people don't even know exist, but they're the barriers like the fact that there isn't baseball for girls um, or gender specific sports in many categories um, that people can go into and feel like they can succeed. And that, that same thing holds true for boys in sport if they haven't tried a sport before. You know, if the 12 year old boy wants to go and play baseball and joins his local recreational team, he's also going to feel left out. So there has to be this space created where we understand that recreational sports is recreational and for fun. And also that, you know, we have to make it inclusive for everybody and not just that doesn't just mean everybody's allowed to play. It means that we're actually creating a space where 
people can succeed in what they're doing and it talks to them in in a way that you know a group of people can understand yeah <clears throat> i want to get back to you and your decision to to start this um girls baseball what first of all what were you doing at the time the day that you invited all these girls to come play baseball what was your job at the time I was actually on leave from my job as a journalist. Um, I had had a bad fall and an injury, um, which didn't allow me to go back to the job that I was doing for some time. So um, even still, I didn't know that this was going to turn into anything. It wasn't my intention to create something that was a national league for girls. Um, I really just wanted a bunch of girls to come out and play with my daughter. So I was just trying to problem solve for one person. And when I realized that there were 44 girls interested in my little neighborhood, just of friends and friends of friends and their daughters, I realized that there was something. So we offered it a second time. We did it in 2016 with the 44 girls. And in 2017, I said, let's let's do it again. So we put the word out just by word of mouth in our tiny little pocket of our city. Um, 350 girls showed up. And I, that's amazing. It, it was, I was not prepared in any way for 350 girls to come. Um, <laughs> like it was a little bit of controlled chaos, but, um, after that I realized this wasn't one girl's problem. This is, you know, a systematic issue and something that's missing for girls across the board that it wasn't you know, the girls didn't want to play. It wasn't lack of interest, but it was lack of opportunity. So um, I decided that it was time to create an opportunity for more girls to play. So what, you know, something like this requires financial support, right? So where was your outreach initially um, to get the finances to structure the league? So initially, um, I... We charged a we charged a registration fee for each player, um, mm-hmm. and it was basically the cost of what it cost me to. We hired coaches. I'm not a baseball coach, so to get them a uniform and hire a coach and give them, you know, um, a little bat and a baseball bag, and um, so we still charge a registration a registration fee. Financial mm-hmm. structures in Canada, in terms of we incorporated as a not for profit. I incorporated as a not for profit organization. Um, but we don't get, we don't have access in Canada to charitable dollars. Um, it's a bit of a funny system, but mm. charitable dollars means that you can give a tax receipt and not-for-profit means that you can't give a tax receipt. So we are a not-for-profit, which means all of our money goes back into what we're doing, but we can't issue tax receipts. And because of that, we don't get funding from any large corporations. Um, we can take- Your sponsors? We can take we can take sponsorships and we can get individual mm-hmm. donations. We can have companies sponsor us if they have marketing dollars to spend, um, but we can't give them a tax receipt for it. So, um, we did have a partnership with um, the Canadian Major League Baseball team, the Blue Jays, and we had um, some funding from them from twenty in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. That funding we don't have anymore. Um, it's just because that's not, they don't have strategic partnerships like that. They, you know, we had arranged a partnership and they were generous 
but they've moved on and are focusing on COVID relief now. And so basically we're kind of left. We try to offer a lot of programming to lower income people. We'll never turn away a kid who doesn't want to play. We offer free programming in underserved areas. We offer programming, um, we're starting programming in indigenous reserves in you know, mm. the northern part of one of, of Alberta, which is in the middle of Canada. Um, and that will be completely free. So all of that is funded by the very low registration fees that we charge kids across the country. Um, but it is a bit of a struggle to, because there's no opportunity and we're the only organization offering this kind of opportunity, the demand is high, but mm. so are startup costs. So yes, it, right. it's a, it's a struggle. The struggle it's a ju- is real. Yeah. The juggle that you write two steps forward, one step back. Yeah. That's what it yeah. feels like. It's the finances part is the biggest piece. That's the hardest piece. Um, you know, we have staff, I pay our coaches because I believe women should be paid in coaching roles and, um, I don't pay me, but, um, but we have, you know, one administrator who gets paid and we have regional coordinators who get paid and the way that we succeed and grow and start up is in each new location is by having this support network of staff that are passionate about what they do. And, um, yeah, so it's figuring out how to grow it and how to be fiscally responsible and, you know, as much as I might have been a producer, I'm not a finance expert. So it's tough. Yeah. Um, we're going to go into our last break and, and I'll be back with Dana Bookman again, the founder and CEO of Canadian Girls Baseball. Stay with us for our watch team. Women to watch. Sports watch. Hey, everybody. This is Dr. Jen Welker and you are listening to Sports Watch. Moms and dads. It is important to realize that it's not the same for a girl to dream some of these things as it is for a boy because, first of all, a lot of the times those girls don't see those dreams um, reflected in the world through the lens the same way that boys do, right? We tell a girl she can do anything or be anything, but then the world shows her something very different, particularly in the world of sports. Um, you know, it's a, a known barrier that 4% of traditional media coverage goes to uh, women's sports versus men's sports. So let's say, you know, you tell your daughter she has the same opportunities in sports as the boys do, but then she can't see herself or someone who looks like her or someone playing her sport on TV as easily as she might see it for a boy. She looks at the storylines in movies, doesn't see herself reflected in the same kind of big blockbusters as the boys. She plays video games and doesn't see herself as a playable character. And so it's not going to happen the same way in terms of just normal socialization where she gets to just fall into those examples of women who are doing what it is that she wants to do. Follow me and all my adventures, or you could say misadventures, on Welter47 on Instagram or at jwelter47 on Twitter. Now, more of Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. 
Welcome back to the show. I'm speaking to Dana Bookman, who is the founder and CEO of Canadian Girls Baseball. And um, I had a couple of questions. I was curious what you have learned from the girls. My guess is um, the girls today growing up in this generation are perhaps different. In a lot of ways, they're, they're going to be the same. But what are some of the challenges these young ladies have today that we didn't have when we were growing up? And um, how do you take those lessons and, and kind of message it back to them to help them continue to do what they love? That's a good question. What I find really different is the amount of positivity toward each other. I find there's much less mean girl than there was when I was growing up, that they're really you know, there to support each other and there to encourage each other. There's so much more body positivity. Um, that's encouraging to me. And, you know, we have a community where the girls stand up for each other. If somebody is being unkind, um, they're not that shy to put somebody in their place, which I really like. So it's a bit more of a cult, an open culture in that way. What I do find sad though, and I watch from the sidelines and I don't know how to fix it is, you know, we're, we're creating this culture of girls who are confident in sport and in a girls only environment. Um, but as an example, my daughter in her gym class at school is in a co-ed gym class. And even at recess, she'll say, well, the boys will go to the baseball diamond and play baseball at recess, but the girls won't play. But my daughter is a great baseball player and can really, you know, compete with my son, who's a year older and is a, a high level baseball player. And so is she. So the fact that she's still uncomfortable going to the baseball diamond at recess to play with the boys in her class, it says a lot about where we still are as a society and, you know, a lot about how much needs to change, not just with the kids, because it's not on them to change it, but it's on, you know, us as parents and teachers and adults to look at it and really make the changes that need to happen. You know, I wonder how much of that is just kind of normal growing adolescence and, you know, the actual differences between boys and girls? Those definitely exist. I mean, socially, it exists. But as an example, um, you know, I think it starts with our inherent bias as parents and what we expect of our daughters and how they're expected to act, even if we think we're supporting them. We had um, some of our Canadian national baseball team women players out on the diamond for an event with Canadian girls baseball. And we had our, our little players there, our young players watching um, and some of our parent coaches who are dads and two of the dads were standing around looking at these national team players throw the ball. And one of the dads said to the other, they don't throw like girls. Well, these are women who are elite athletes, who are baseball players, who obviously throw like girls. And these men are standing there beside their daughters. So what message is that sending to their daughter, even if they're supporting their daughter by being the coach and being at the diamond with them and throwing the ball with them? Well, we, we've just lost all the ground we covered because they just said what they said. They don't throw like girls. So I think that we're very stuck in a place that we don't even know we're stuck in because we see ourselves as progressing and as progressive. But... You know, and I'm not just putting it on the dads. I've had comments from moms as well that surprised me. And 
we don't know. And even just as a mom, I'm a mom of a boy and a girl who both play baseball. And I have to check my inherent bias often. Like I notice, I, I expect certain things of my son in sport that I don't expect of my daughter. So I think we have a long way to go. Do you think that there's a risk um, physically with boys and girls playing together? I mean, you know, obviously the girls are comfortable playing with each other and boys are. A lot of people think they, it should just be one group. What is your sense of that? Well, I agree that sports should be gender specific um, but or gender identity specific, I guess. But I also know from studies that have been done that until around the age 11, boys and girls are equally physically able um, and girls are sometimes even have are more physically able and stronger and better at sport than boys until the age of 11. Around the age of 12, 13, the, you know, there starts to be a gap. It doesn't mean that girls can't keep up. Um, and it doesn't mean that in a nice game at recess, they shouldn't be able to play together. I think that in terms of comfort levels and, you know, socialization, they should be separated. Um, that's, you know, my philosophical belief and, you know, based on evidence that's provided about girls' participation numbers, but I don't think it's a safety issue. Um, one of your goals is really uh, to, you know, that word empowerment is 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 overused, but to really help girls um, develop their own, what you say is soft skills to become future leaders. What, tell me what those skills are to you? What do soft skills mean and why are they beneficial for um, leadership? Um, well, we talked about them briefly. I think that it includes teamwork is a big one, you know, how to interact with other people. It includes empathy. Baseball is one of the only sports where, you know, you fail so much, which leads to resilience. But so you, even the best baseball players in the world fail 70% of the time which means that every time they go out of 10 times they go up to bat, they're only going to hit the ball three times. So you have to get up, fail, get up again, fail again in front of everybody who you know or don't know. Um, and that creates resilience, but it also creates empathy because the people on your team have to watch you and you know support you anyway. And empathy is, I think, on the Forbes top 10 list of, of um, things that employers look for now. So the list is so long of the things that sports gives you, especially team sports, and in my mind, especially baseball. Um, Dana, my last question for you. I want to know what your mantra is during scary, stressful times. What What are you saying to yourself to get you over or through those days where it's hard? Um, I do have one mantra, and I don't know if it's applicable all the time that things are scary, but it, I tell myself, if you don't do it, you'll regret it when you get back to the boat. When I was a kid, I went, I was from a sailing family and um, on a trip with some other kids, we were jumping off some rocks in a hollowed out volcano and you had to jump in the middle or you'd hit the rocks. And you know, everybody said, I didn't wanna do it. It was so scary, it was so high. And the other kids said to me, if you don't do it, you'll regret it when you get back to the boat because this is the only opportunity that you have. And I think I was 16. And from then on, that's really what I think about life. Like if you, I tell my kids this too, if any part of you wants to do it or thinks you should, you should do it because otherwise you'll regret it. You won't get another chance. And I think that 
in the scary times too. You just have to push through and do it because if you don't, then you'll regret it. Yeah, I love that. That's listening to your instinct, you know? Um, listen, I, I'm so appreciative of your coming on the show and um, I wish you continued success with the work that you're doing. I'm sure the girls are really, really enjoying it. Thank and you learning. so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. That's it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch. Thank you so much to our sponsors and our watch team for their continued support. And stay tuned next week for my conversation with Kirsten Moorfield. She is the co-founder and COO of Cloverleaf Coaching. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Krause at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.